recorded live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this bonus call with Rebecca Eve Salco. My name is Elizabeth Tobin. I'm a certified resonance repatterning practitioner, and this is the Rock Your Money Jam session to boost your financial confidence. And our special guest is Rebecca Eve Salco. And in this this session, it's going to be energy-filled. You're going to get practical tips, actionable tools and strategies to help you understand your money, build your confidence, and simplify the way that you manage your finances so that it actually makes sense for you and you can have the freedom that you deserve. And I'm really thrilled to have Rebecca Eve Selko with us. Rebecca, like me, started out as an attorney, and she left the law with um, like a ton of student loan debt, like $100,000 worth of debt. And it kind of freaked her out. And so she delved into it. She researched how to get out of debt. And she is now a coach that helps people to dominate their debt. She's just written a fabulous book called Dominate Your Debt. It's a work and it's a playbook. It's really, it's light, it's breezy, it's fun, and it's about money and debt. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it's got awesome, awesome exercises. There's cool spreadsheets. Um, so I'm really excited to have Rebecca here. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. I am. Thank you for that introduction. I am so excited to be here. And I'm also from just outside Boston myself, so we had that that connection too. That's right. That's right. Awesome. So I just want to, before we get started, just a couple of um, housekeeping things for those people on the call. So um, this is going to be pretty informal. So you you can press star eight to raise your hand if you have a question. So as we go through, as Rebecca takes us on this fun-filled journey, feel free to to ask your questions and um, press star 8. If you're in the chat room, you can just type into the chat box, and I'll be monitoring that, okay? So I'm going to turn it over to you, Rebecca. Thank you. Well, I already got this amazing introduction, Um, and I love what you said about Simplify. I wrote that down and underlined it because I think that is the key the key, key, key piece of of feeling confident and in control of your money. So thanks for calling that out, and we're going to be talking a lot more about that this evening. Um, So so first, I would love for all of you to give yourselves a high five just for showing up. Um, And basically, when you give yourself a high five, it's like clapping. So just, you know, clap for yourself. It's awesome that you're here. as, as I'm sure you know, and certainly as I have experienced in my life, money brings up our shit. Um, just brings up all of it. It is immensely triggering. So just being here, being on this call, listening to the melodious sounds of my voice, and facing that is a way of really honoring yourself. So I want to honor you. You're not just taking the shit. You're like, it's going to bring it up, and I'm going to like knock it out of the park. So I'm really, really honored that you're here, and I hope that you honor yourself or you realize that you should be honoring yourself by being here as well. Um, so as Liz said, uh, my name is Rebecca, and I am the founder and chief financial rock star of a financial education and coaching company called Rock Your Money. And my mission, which I have chosen to accept, is to empower 
all women and a few good men, everyone really, but I focus on working with women to be confident and in control of their finances. Um, I want you to feel comfortable in situations that involve money and financial transactions, even if that situation is just you asking a question, I want you to feel comfortable asking those kinds of questions. Um, and I also want you to be confident about your numbers so that you can make financial decisions, money decisions, and life decisions even that are aligned with what you want. Money affects everything. So just by living in our society, like it or not, you, you, and you, and you, and you, and everyone, you're all playing the money game. Ah, you're playing the money game. So you may as well play to win. Um, and winning can mean different things for different people. So when I say play to win, I don't mean like you need to become a bazillionaire, although that would be cool if that's your goal. But when I say play to win, I mean win for yourself. Win at, what you, win at getting what you want. Um, so here's how... It's going to go down in the next 45 minutes or so. Um, I'm going to give you a five-step reframe about what being good with money is and how to realistically apply that five-step reframe in your own life. So I'm going to talk about the different areas of your finances, the different steps about being quote-unquote good with your money, and then giving you at least one concrete thing to do for each step so that you can actually go forward and prosper and do it. Um, we also have a cool gift coming as part of this, so don't, don't get bored and hang up. Like, stay tuned because there is something cool happening uh, during this, during this call, and I'm also going to share a resource with you to help you keep going after this call, and then hopefully we'll also have time for some questions. So if you don't yet, I would highly recommend that you find yourself a pen, a pretty color, some sort of pen, and something to write on um, in case, especially, hopefully you'll hear something really cool that you want to write down, um, but really just take notes and be engaged in, in, what, in what we're talking about. So. <sighs> Let's dive in. So as Liz mentioned, um, before I became a chief financial rock star, I was a lawyer. And um, yes, I had a lot of student loan debt, actually even more than what you said, um, Liz. I had $168,000 in student loan debt, 168,000. But before that, I, you know, growing up, I was always meticulous. I was a meticulous, meticulous person about managing my money. I actually took a picture of this notebook that I have still at my, my parents' house in Massachusetts um, where I was listing, li like I literally have a picture of this. It's like a composition notebook, one of those black and white ones with like the, you know, black and white cover. Um, and inside I'm like, found on street, nickel, .05. Babysitting, $3, found in park, 50 cents. And I'm literally writing down every single thing that I was finding. So I was tracking money before it was like even cool to track money. Um, and yet, it was a huge source of tension in my house growing up. So I'm not sure if that was like an outgrowth of that or what it was. Um, but I know that I was determined that I was not going to be in the same position that I grew up in, which was just to be stressed about money. So it wasn't that I felt like I needed to make a lot, or just like I need to be in control of it. Um, so starting at the age of nine and then through college and my first job, well, sorry, at the age of nine was my first job and then my first job after college, I was always working, saving, tracking, working, saving, tracking, working, saving, tracking. And then law school happened and I graduated with $168,000 in debt and didn't 
truly did not realize, despite how meticulous I was about managing my money, truly did not realize that a minimum payment on $168,000 in debt on a 10-year plan was over $1,600 a month. That was just a minimum payment to be able to pay my debt off in the 10 years that they were giving me. Um, so at this point, I'm like, okay, guess what? And I was not laughing about it. I was sick about it. Working, saving, and tracking was not going to be enough to get me out of this, this situation. Um, my debt was like actually literally making me, well, my debt and my job, I had a job that I was really not happy about, um, but my job and my debt were both making me sick, like literally sick. I went to a doctor for being sick over this. Um, and you know, what, was, what was the worst part about it was that nobody was talking about it. Like nobody was talking. I mean, like all of my lawyer friends were dealing with this too, but we weren't, or if we were talking, we were just commiserating. We weren't really nobody was really doing anything about it. They were just kind of complaining about how terrible it was. And as I started doing you know, some research and trying to figure this out, I realized there was so little out there in the way of support. You know, the articles were preachy and unrealistic and really just had nothing to do with what I was going through. They're like, oh, the average debt is $20,000. I'm like, that's awesome. I have 168. Like, what do you got for me now? Um, so no one was talking about it, so I started talking about it. And I really, once I started talking, just couldn't shut up. <laughs> I just couldn't shut up. Um, and there was something that felt very different about my approach. And particularly when it comes to women or when it came to women, um, we're suffering silently, and not just because we don't know what to do, but because we're doing it alone. Um, there's so, and I discovered there's so many smart, successful, powerful women who don't feel smart, successful, or powerful around their money. And that's a big problem, if I make it on my soapbox for a second. That's a big problem because money is power. Money gives you so much power. And you know, like it or not, right? If you like it or not, if you're earning money, you're playing the money game. Like money gives you power. And it is really, 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 really important that women have access to that power. And so for people generally, but for women especially, having a good relationship with your money is just about just as much about what you do as it is how you feel. So I made it my life mission to change the conversation about this and open the conversation really about it and then to create the tools, resources, and community around that especially but really money money all the aspects of money that I never had or at least I didn't have at that time. Um, so we're going to start the conversation today, and I really hope that we get to keep having it even after this call. So without further ado, are we ready for our five? Here's our five-step reframe. Um, so step one, to feel confident in control, to boost your confidence about money, and to feel in control of it is to set goals. You need to get really, so it's not like make a budget. <laughs> if you're thinking I was going to say that, it's absolutely not that. You need to really set your goals and get really, really clear on what you want first because money serves a purpose. It's not very interesting by itself, right? It's just like picture, like in our country, like pictures of like green, green piece of paper, green and white piece of paper with like pictures of like old dudes on it. Like it's, it's not very interesting in and of itself. But the possibilities of, that relate to money are what's really enticing about it. So we want to make it about something other than the money before we get into all the numbers. And believe me, we're going to get into numbers. Before we get into any of the numbers, we want to figure out what the why is. Why are you here? Why do you care? What is this about for you? What's in it for you? Uh, and I call this the sunglasses at night approach. 
So with my, this is a big part of the beginning of my book, and with my private clients and in my coaching groups, we spend one to two weeks on this stuff. It's that important. So this is kind of the speed version, but work with me here. Um, we're going to do the sunglasses at night approach. So if you remember this song from the 80s, like, the, you know, I wear my sunglasses at night, so I can, so I can. That's what we're doing here. So we're writing down, so that's, this is where your pen and paper is going to come in, super handy. You're going to write down the top three goals for your life that money can help you achieve. So when you think about this, you're really thinking, so I can, so I can. So if your goal is like, if you're thinking of things like, oh, I really just want to pay off my debt, that's not, that's not a sunglasses and like, that's not good enough. <laughs> we want to know, I want to pay off my debt, so I can, so I can. You know, I want to have... I want to have more money, so I can, so I can. I want to make more money, so I can, so I can. So what, the, what are those so I cans for you? One, two, three. This is going to anchor the rest of the work. So we're really trying to get at what makes your heart go pity pat. So I will actually give you a couple minutes to do this right now. You don't have, I mean, we're, we're not writing them like in a stone carving, so it's okay if you need to change them later. But write down the top three goals that money can help you achieve. The so I can, so I can. And I will... Set aside. I'm looking at my clock, so I'll do like two minutes for this. So I'll be silent to let you think, but I'm still here. We'll just do two minutes to write down the top three goals. So I can, so I can. I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> so when be you quiet. <laughs> I know. It's supposed to be quiet. <laughs> but I have a question. So when you're thinking about your big why, so I can. Does yeah. it have to be something tangible, or can it be something like so I can have more freedom, or so I can be more in control of my schedule, or? Yeah, any of those things are good. We just don't want it to be like I want to pay off my debt so I can pay off my debt, right? So what? So so something like that, sure. If you can, if any of those things that you come up with, if you can push them even further, if you can get to something even more, like you said, you know, I want to have more freedom, so I can. If you, the more, you know, the more you ask, so I can, the more you'll really get at the heart of of what it is that you truly desire. But mm. any of those things would be perfectly acceptable responses that I wouldn't embarrass you for if you said them. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. like another minute. All right. So this is a really fun exercise that, like I said, I will spend a week to two weeks with my clients on this, getting into different aspects of their goals. Um, <clears throat> but again, we did the speed version, but I really encourage you to come back to it as well and just really keep revisiting them. You keep thinking about what they mean to you. Um, 
you know, this actually, you know, it's, it's just a little two-minute exercise, but it's really, really important because it grounds everything else that you do with your numbers. If you don't have a why, the rest is going to be very boring. Not only is it going to be very boring, but it won't have, like I said, an anchor. It doesn't have anything to hang on to. So there's, if, if you don't have this kind of purpose, it doesn't feel like there's any reason to be doing the rest of it. Uh, it also can help you guide. It will help you guide the different decisions that you have to make throughout. Okay? So come back to this one. Um, but that's the top three goals. I don't know if any, actually, you know what? If anybody, does anybody want to shout out? Like, can anybody shout out their goals? I don't know if we're like all muted or if people want to share. I remember I said the conversation, so let's have a conversation. Does anyone want to share their goals? Yeah, I can or unmute one of them? us all. You guys want to drop some goals? I put everybody on the spot. I'm like, oh, I, you thought I was going to keep talking. I'm like, oh, no, now it's your turn. So. Well, I want to I spend winter in a warmer climate. Mm, I love that. What if we went deeper? Like the so I can for that. Why do you want to – so you can what? <laughs> so I can wear my summer clothes all year <laughs> round. beach. <laughs> Oh, I missed that one. Some, I heard something about a beach. So we can, so run, we can run So we can run our businesses off a beach. I love it. <laughs> that is also my dream. <laughs> that is definitely a goal. That's awesome. And money can definitely help you achieve that. How could money help you achieve that? We can hire people to uh, take care of the nuts and bolts while, while we are the visionaries. I love it. Yes. Ugh, that is like perfectly executed. I could use you guys as an example of what it's supposed to be like. That's perfect and awesome. And how juicy is that, right? I can just, ooh, yum, yum. I can see this. So when you are, when we do all the rest of the steps, which are not as, as warm and fuzzy as this one, when we do the rest of the steps, this will anchor you, right? You keep picturing that warm climate and like this is why you're doing it. This is why you're doing it. If I'm making that choice, this is why I'm doing it, to get to that warm climate, to get to that warm climate. Ooh, in the winter, I feel you. Ugh, very cold in the winter time. Um, I love this. Does anybody else feel like they want to chime in? That's beautiful. I'll, I'll share. <laughs> Hi, so, who's this? My name's Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Hi. Um, so I can have my own house, so I can have no more worries about security, and three, so I can go places and do things that are fun. Ooh. Okay, I love this. So I'm going to probe you a little bit. When you say no more worries about security, what does that mean to you? Hmm. I've been in situations where I have not had a home to be in, mm. and I've had my gas and electricity shut off before, which wasn't fun, for like months at a time, so living with candles and <laughs> no hot water, so that kind of security. Wow. So. <laughs> that is that that is very, very powerful. Like, unbelievable. Like, you're you're like I am not that is not happening to me again. So I gotta I'm gonna get this 
I'm going to get on top of this. I love that. Okay, so have your own house. No more worries about security. And this is like this is some serious stuff that you've been through. That's serious. Mm. Um, and then, but I've been working on it. <laughs> you go. You go, girl. You go. Um, and then the last one, go places and do things. Like, can you that share a little fun. bit more? Do things oh, that, that are fun. Are fun. <laughs> I didn't finish writing them that are fun. Um, <clears throat> what would be one example of something that would be fun to you? Um, well, yesterday I took my parents to the beach and we had lobster so that was a go places and do things that were fun because I was with people I loved and we had fun. I love that. And how does money help you get to that one? Well, the money got me the gas to go and get them and um, a, a nice car to and that was safe to drive them in. So that's how the money got that for me. Awesome. And first of all, I love that the beach is a theme for, for all of us. <laughs> and you live someplace north too? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um so all of us all of us northerners like beach, please. Yeah. <laughs> but um no, this is beautiful. This is exactly what we're going for, right? Like you, you have some, you know, serious you know, food clothing shelter types of things and then also, hey, money can help me go places and do things that are fun, like going to the beach and having a lobster. Um, perfect, 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 beautiful. Anybody else want to share before we move on to the, the, the less warm and fuzzy stuff? It's cool. Um, I, but like I said, I definitely encourage you to keep coming back to this. You jotted these down really quickly, but think about this. You know, it's, it's actually... It's a really great, great exercise. I even do it for myself. A lot of the time, I'm like, what do I really want? What am I really going for? It's you know, you can get so caught up in the day to day of you know what what task is right in front of me to put it in that perspective, especially with something like money. Super, super powerful. Um, okay, so we've got our so I cans. We're wearing our sunglasses at night. Okay, so step two. So step one is to set goals, wearing your sunglasses at night, and that song is going to be in your head forever. Um, step two is to get organized. Um, and again, before you start planning on your budget or like before you start trying to like figure out which credit card to pay off first, we want to get organized. So this is about really setting up your workspace so that it clears your mind for everything else, right? So we don't want you, like, once you start getting into this, we don't want you searching for statements and trying to find things or whatever. Like, we want to set up your workspace, make it all neat and tidy. And even if you're someone who's, like, organized chaos, like, you know, you prefer, I had a boss once who just, like, his office was a complete, I mean, I'm sure you know these people, maybe you're one of these people, his office was a complete disaster. I mean, he was, like, rolling his chair over papers. Um, it, was just, it was a complete mess. And he, he knew where things were, but, it was a mess. We don't want that. Like money does not like that. Money doesn't like it. It doesn't. So money loves to be organized. You're going to be organized so that you can deal with your money. So we're going to set up your workspace. None of this organized chaos nonsense. When you're setting up your workspace, when it comes to money, that means gathering together what I call your BBDs plus I. Um, so not Belle Biv DeVoe for any of my fellow 80s music fans. Not Belle Biv DeVoe, but your BBDs plus I, these are the five pillars of your finances that you need to have in place, okay? So one is your, and actually I don't have like life insurance and things like you might hear from, hear from a financial planner. This is about like day-to-day -day money management. You need your bills. So your bills are 
how much you've already committed to giving out on a monthly basis, right? So those would be like your fixed expenses, things like rent or your mortgage, things like you know subway pass or car payment, um, daycare, for example, phone bill, cable bill, Spotify, any of those things that are bills that you have coming in, and if you don't pay them, like something's going to be cut off, like, right? <clears throat> My my friend Teresa probably understands this, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so the, this is how much you've already committed to giving out. You want that organized, and we want it gathered together. So all the bills in one place, in one file folder, and one part of your computer, one spreadsheet, something, 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 where they're all in one place. The second B is your budget. So this is the rest of your spending. Um, this is so those being the things that you're already committed to. Your budget is everything else. So your groceries would be in that, right? Because you have a lot of control over the amount of your groceries every month, and it varies. Your gas would be something that's part of your spending. And then, of course, clothes, candles, vacations, anything else that you're spending that's not something that you're getting a bill for at the beginning of the month, but something you'll get a bill for at the end of the month, um, that's your budget. And then your D, that's your debt. So you want to have all of the details about your debt in one place. So that's your interest rate, your principal balance, your payoff balance, your minimum payment, the term, the credit line, all of that stuff, all the details about your debt in one place. And then finally, no, finally, the next two finally, <laughs> so the next two things, a little harder to kind of be organized about, but you still want to be aware of them. You want to know where to find the information so that you have it at a moment's notice and so that it's in the back of your mind, right? So savings is the, the S how much you have saved and where, and then investments is the last one. So retirement accounts, brokerage accounts, real estate, anything that's an investment, that's your last thing that you want to have organized. So when it comes to your bills, just to, to get into like what organizing your bills would look like, you want to know two things. So you don't need to overcomplicate this. Not complicated. There's like apps. Up, we don't need apps for this, really. Sorry, sorry to all the apps out there and app developers, but we don't need an app. Like you need to know two things: what's coming in and what's going out. That's it. Um, you're gonna add it all up. You add up what's coming in. You add up what's going out, and you subtract, and that's how much you have left over for everything else. Um, I have a really cool chart with with these columns already set up for you, so you don't even have to create it. It's on my website. You can snag it there. It's RebeccaEve.com, totally free. Just enter your name, your email, so we can, we can be friends forever. Um, and I will send you a copy of that. So I'll remind you of that at the end, and I'm sure Liz will post it too. But it's just the homepage of my website, RebeccaEve.com. Enter your email, and I will send you a copy of that really spiffy uh, money bills cash flow sheet. Okay. So that's step one is to set your goals, and step two is to get organized. So set up your workspace, figure out what's coming in, what's going out, what your debt looks like, what your savings looks like, what your investments look like, and what your the rest of your spending looks like. Have access to all of that. Know where it is. Hunt it. Hunt it down. Like find it. Um, <coughs> So step three, once you have everything organized, then and only then is when you start to really analyze it. So once you have everything laid out, you want to actually look at it and decipher what it all means to you. So we're still not making decisions about anything. We're just gathering so we're gathering information and then looking at the information. Very scientific actually. So you're going to look at it and decipher what it all means. So the same BVDs plus I, you work your way through. Um, 
And so we'll talk about your bills again and more specifically your income, like what you're looking at, one of the things that you want to be looking at when you are analyzing your bills and most, more specifically your income, which is actually kind of the reverse bill, but it's in that category because it's something that happens um, hopefully regularly. You want to be looking at um, what I call the money pyramid. So if you think about this, this is actually in my book, and it's a beautiful, I did not illustrate it, my, my designer did, so it's a beautiful illustration in my book. Um, but we're going to draw a rough one right now. So if you draw a triangle um, on your paper, and you divide it into, so that there's five spaces, which would be what, four lines? Four lines, five spaces. So draw a triangle with four lines through it, and we're going to talk about the money pyramid. So at the top of the pyramid is the money that borrow. So that's in the tiniest little space at the top. Um, that would be credit cards, not paid in full. So obviously using credit cards doesn't automatically create money that you're borrowing, right? It's when you aren't paying it on a monthly, like paying it all off on a monthly basis that it becomes money that you've borrowed. So credit cards, not paid in full, loans, mortgage, all that kind of stuff, that's money that you've borrowed. The next one down is money that you're given. So that would be things like gifts, awards, even the lottery, <laughs> that's all in the next one. That's money you're given. And then in the third one from the top, remember the borrowed is the smallest little triangle, and we're working our way down. So in the third one is money you earn. So this would be your salary or money from your business or money from you know other sources of income. That's your salary. So something that you've worked to get. Someone's paying you because you did something awesome, so now you're getting some money. Um, that's money that you've earned. And then the fourth is money that you have, and that's really just savings, sitting around, hanging out, feeling awesome, looking all cool in a bank account. Um, and then finally, so money borrowed, given, earned, and then savings. And then finally, in the biggest little area on the bottom, quadrant, whatever, it's not a quadrant because there's five quintons. And the biggest one on the bottom is money you grow, and that would be investments and interest from those investments and interest. So when you look at this money pyramid, like this is really the, the way that you want things laid out, right? Like you want the smallest amount of money that you're using to be the money that you've borrowed, and the largest source of money to be the money that you grow, right? When the bulk of your money is in investments and savings, then you have the most control over it because it's coming from you. So you're independent. You don't need anyone else. You really have a solid foundation. But what if your pyramid is upside down, right? So for many people, debt is the thing or the money that they've borrowed is the primary source of their income. And they're also maybe – I have actually one client right now. I keep joking that – she keeps having money like basically fall from the sky. Like every month, it's like something works out, like so that she like either gets you know some random relative is like, oh hey, I found a savings bond like from forever ago. Um, so she keeps having this money fall from the sky for her. That's money you're given. That's also at the top of the pyramid. Um, so if your pyramid's upside down and the bulk of the money that you're using is money that you've borrowed or money that you're given then your pyramid basically is not resting on a solid foundation. It's spinning. It's really spinning. It's spinning on that point. And you're not going to feel in control. Like, you're not going to feel in control at all. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm, not, I'm not telling you you shouldn't feel in control. I'm saying that if you don't, it's probably because your pyramid is upside down. Um, 
relying on someone else, relying on this money to fall from the sky, being indebted to people that does not make you feel in control. So the goal of all of this analysis is to shift the weight so that the pyramid can be having its weight at the bottom. Um, so that's just looking at your income, right? Now we just did an analysis of your income, like where is the money that's coming into your account to pay those bills to make the spending, like where is that coming from? So we just did that kind of analysis. You can do similar analyses with the money that's going out um, by looking at, for example, your, um, if you're looking at the bills that are going out, you're really looking at what are my priorities? Like what, is my, what are my bills showing me that my priorities are, right? If, if more than 50% of your income is going to your living space and you don't therefore have, you don't feel like you have the money to take vacations and live on a beach, then, um, then what does that say about your priorities? You know, you're saying that your goal is to go live, live someplace warm, but you're spending so much money on your living space that you aren't able to do that. That's the kind of analysis we're talking about. Um, Analysis of your debt is really looking at the different um, components that make up that debt, so the minimum payment, the, the, um, the interest rates, looking at how much your debt is actually costing you. That's what the analysis of your debt is. And then savings and investment, you're looking at really how much is going into that um, each month. So you want to do detailed analyses of spending, savings, debts, and investments, and your bills. Okay, so that is step three, analyze. How are we, how are we doing so far? Because I'm like talking and I can hear people breathing, but I can't tell if they're breathing and gasping or if they're breathing like, I feel better. So let's do a quick check-in. How are people doing? How is this landing? Um, this is Leanne. And, hi. Um, hi, and I, I just uh, went to a financial planner who is, is very grounded. And this just helps me clarify, you know, a simpler way to think about it. But you're right, having, you know, the goal to be investments so that you're building an income and how to get to that point. Um, so I think the pyramid's very helpful. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. Mm. And what, what kind, so you're working with a financial planner on investments or on like day-to-day -day money management kind of stuff? No, just um, with an overall plan um, because I have real estate and how to leverage that and Got that it. versus investments and stuff. Um, I didn't want to commit on a long term, which was good that I could find someone that I could just do an overall plan with and That's go awesome. from there. Yeah. Cool. Well, see, mm -hmm. go you. Go you for being in this conversation. And no, it, I'm glad it, that it, that gave you a good reason. It took me a year to get there, but <laughs> I got there. So it's not easy. I'm not pretending to say it's easy, but I got there. <laughs> or oh, I'm, I'm there. like, I want to ask you all the questions. <laughs> like, why? Because <laughs> um, I'm yeah, close to retirement. I'm, I'm the retirement age, and I have to make decisions, you know, according to that, and health decisions. So you know, when do you take retirement? And you know, different investments and yep. getting safer. Yep. So I like the pyramid. I'll be quiet oh, now. <laughs> no, I, I, that's fine. I, I invited the commentary, so I'm glad. I'm really glad that that resonated. And you're right that you know it's a different. You know, many of my clients are in the the younger, so they're kind of like, oh, retirement? What's that? So I love when I talk to people who are actually at that. You know, close much closer to that because it's not that far off. 
I keep trying to hammer that in. I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. And if I had put $50 away each week, when you're 30, think of how it can grow. And, you know, I'm fortunate because I had something left from my parents. But if I didn't, you know, so $50 isn't that much, even 25 when you have 30 years ahead of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And it's just it's a question of finding it and committing to it and being consistent with it. But um, And maybe not buying your morning coffee, something like that. Maybe. <laughs> Although, um, actually, I'm reading a really, this is a completely off topic and not part of what I was going to talk about, but, um, well, it's not off topic. It's a side conversation. But, um there's um there have been a bunch of articles that I've been looking at recently about this latte factor situation mm-hmm. that David Bach especially is the one that actually trademarked that um the latte factor and so you know my belief is that it's it's the coffee the coffee thing is kind of a symbol right it's a symbol for all of the little little and big things that we're not necessarily paying attention to and his thing about like you can if you just save the amount of coffee you'd have all this money most people, it's their rent that's the problem, and not so much mm-hmm. the coffee. <laughs> so interesting. Um, but yeah, but it it definitely is. It's definitely um, a, hot, a hot topic, and and really comes down to paying, just being aware, being aware of what's going on with your finances, no matter your age, no matter where you are in life. You know, it's just being aware of what's going on. Um, so once you have this detailed analysis, and, and I mean, it, we, we didn't get into that much detail, but there's a lot more detail that you can do. I teach a whole entire course on budgeting um, and how to create a good one that will actually work for you. So really doing a detailed analysis of your spending savings investments. Um, once you've done that, then and only then you get to step four, which is the plan and how to create a plan for these different areas of your finances. So. Starting again. Yes, ma'am. Sorry. I'm just going to mute everybody because the lines will get a little bit of noise on it. Sure. Okay. And then I'll unmute you. Okay. Go ahead. Now it'll be like I'm talking to myself again. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> we can open the lines again. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Um, so, so when you go to the plan, the plan portion, um, it's same same BBDs plus I, just like BBDs, BBDs, same BBDs. So bills, budget, debt, savings, investments. When you're making a plan for your bills, you've already looked at, you know, you've looked at the details of your bills. You've looked at this money pyramid about where the money is coming from. Your bills are the thing that suck up the biggest portion of your income for most people. For most people, it's the things they've already committed to, and then there's the discretionary spending after that, right? There's the, you know, I've got to pay my mortgage, I've got to pay my car, I've got to pay all of these things, and then whatever's left over, that's what I can use for um, for everything else in my life. So when it comes to your bills, the plan is really just making decisions that relate to your priority. So going back to your goals, remember I, I already kind of touched on this because I got so excited, but when you go back to your goals and you think about what they are, are your bills, are the things that you've already committed to now reflective of those priorities? Are you going to get there? Basically is what that's asking. Are you going to get there if you continue on the path, if you continue where you're going? Are you going to get to what, what you actually want to happen? If not, what can change and when? 
and then what are the steps that you're going to take. So it's really that detailed of like what you know what's going to happen and, and breaking it down into the babyest of baby steps. And understanding, and this is something that my clients often struggle with that we talk about a lot, is that you always have choices. Like it might not feel like it and they might be terrible. They might suck. Like they might be sucky choices. You might have to choose between two sucky things. But as long as you can figure out some way to make a choice, you are retaining power. And I love that. You know, whenever we're able to introduce a choice between two things, and people are like, oh, right? So, for example, if your rent is too high, to, relative to just using that, that again as an example, if your rent is too high relative to the rest of your income, if you want to get to the goals that you said that you want to get to, if your rent is too high to allow you to achieve that, then you have some choices. You can either, if you have a lease, break your lease and move out. Sucky choice, but it's available, right? You can keep paying it and just put your goals off a little longer. That's another choice that you're making. You could maybe if your state allows it, you know, Airbnb, you know, rent out your apartment and go live with a roommate somewhere, go crash on someone's couch. You know, you have, like I said, they might all be, unattractive options, but they do exist. So you always have choices in these situations. You may not like them, but you have them. So that's the, the plan for your bills. When it comes to budget and figuring out what you, so a budget is really figuring out what you should spend. It's a plan for what you should spend, given your dreams and your goals, so what we, you know, the sunglasses at night, and the reality of your current spending. So we always want to create a plan that's for your, for your spending that's based on the other things, so based on your analysis, based on having gathered all the information together. So when you start, you don't start with just like, well, I could probably cut this to, I could probably spend $20 on that and $200 on that. You actually want to look at the details and like the dirty, dirty details of everything you're spending money on in every category and from there build out something that's actually realistic. So the budget is the plan for what you should spend given your dreams and goals and the reality of your current spending. So you determine your goals, you look at your spending, and then you create a plan that will align the two. And like I said, I've got this down to like an art form. And it's one of my favorite things to teach and to do. Um, budgeting, the dirty, like budgeting for non-budgeters, like it's the best. Um, so that's budget. And then for debt, now obviously as was mentioned, I've written an entire book, <laughs> so I teach an entire course on budgeting, and I've written an entire book on debt um, and creating a plan to, to get rid of debt. So this is really the speed version. And the question is, do you, the questions that you're kind of asked, that you're trying to ask yourself are, do you know everything about your debt? So that's question number one. So debt is like having a dog. If you don't know how to take care of it, it is going to bite you in the face. Because if you're not feeding it, it's going to bite you in the face. If you aren't taking it out for a walk, it's going to peel over your floor. Like you don't want that happening. You have to understand, just like before you get a dog, you're going to learn a little bit about what it's like to be a dog owner. Once you have debt, you need to learn everything there is about your debt, so how it's working to keep you in debt and what you can do about it. So this can start by calling your lender and having a conversation. <laughs> like, hey, tell me a little bit more about my payment plan. Like, tell me a little bit more about, you know, what, what the balance is between the interest and principal that I'm paying every month. Learn everything, everything, everything you can about your debt because that's the only way to defeat it. And then once you know all the things, you want to organize it. So like, like we talked about in the other step, just laying it all out there in a one beautiful picture of what your debt is. And then once you've, anal like you've organized it and you've analyzed it and you've figured out what your interest rate is, your minimum payment, all those kinds of things, then when you make your plan, you're really asking yourself 
will I be prioritizing time or money? So I don't actually even know how many people on this call actually have debt, so I'm assuming that at least one person does, so I hope this is useful. Um, will you prioritize time or money? So you can't, you, can, you can't really have both. You can kind of balance the two, but when you're making a plan to pay off your debt, you're really asking when do you want it paid off versus how much do you or can you pay, or how much do you want to pay, or how much can you pay. And if you want to pay it off by a certain date, then working backwards, you figure out how much debt you have, like how much your debt is costing you, and then from there can figure out you know, when, you know, how much you have to pay a month in order to hit that date. If you're going to prioritize money and you're saying, I can only put this much a month towards it, then you're dividing your debt by that much, factoring in the interest, and figuring out when the debt's going to be paid off. So either way, you're prioritizing time or money. You can look at both and make a decision as to which one you're going to work with, but you need a plan. And I always say about debt is that the best thing you can do for your debt is bang it out as soon as possible, and the worst thing you can do is to guess about what's possible. So you want to have a really, really calculated, solid plan, and not just haphazardly throwing money at it when you can. We have um, a question. If yeah. you want to take a question. Oh, I love questions. Hi. Where are you from? What's your question? We had a question. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Um, hi, this is Leanne. Hi, and, Leanne. Um, I realized that I gave more of a bare bone budget to the um, financial planner. And that is because that's how I've been living in order to get through the next couple years. So the fact that you said that it should be, you know, what you want it to be mm-hmm. means that, you know, I really have to have two pictures with the financial planner because certainly someone doesn't I'm I'm close to retirement, you know, the goal is to not be cutting corners. Right. I mean, you might cut corners when you're younger to get to retirement. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's happening. But you want to get to a point where, you know, you can feel, you know, where you want to be in retirement. And you've made the sacrifices or the decisions when you're younger. Right. So, right, right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> but I have to beef up my expenses because in retirement, I would want my expenses to be higher because I've been on a bare bones. Whereas other people, it they might have to, you know, cut down their expenses. So it's this whole idea of, you know, how you determine your priorities. Yes. Yep. And that's, that's exactly it. That's where you start. Um, because there's no, like, the thing is that most people don't, don't, I'm sure we all realize it, but we don't really think about like there's no money police. Like n- right. no one's telling you, you know, what you have to do, or you know, sure there's people trying to tell you what the right thing is, but really what's right is what's right for you. So yeah, if you're like, dude, screw it, like I don't, I'm only gonna need this money for like I, I don't, like I can spend it, like then, then sure, like you can have, then you can, and you can have different budgets, but sure, like your budget should include the things that you want it. To include and not well, I, I think there's a range sometimes. Like I put a range down for clothes, mm-hmm. and maybe a range down for makeup because I have different options. And you know, when I bought a house, it was like, okay, now no longer will I pay top dollar for makeup. 
I have to learn to save there. You know, I just, just as an yep. example. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, I do, I will say though with financial planners, I think, I mean, they're fantastic. I love them. Um, or most of them. Some of them. I like some right. of them. Some of them. <laughs> but they, they don't necessarily need the, you know, when I'm talking about creating it, it's for you, right? Like, so your financial right. planner just kind of needs to have a vague idea so that he or she knows what to recommend as far as how much you can withdraw from your account and all that kind of stuff, right? That's, I think I found an exception to the rule because he, he cared about the whole picture. <laughs> I love and that. that includes real estate, savings, you know, goals. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I think I got an exception. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you afterwards and get the name from you so that I can talk to sure. you. Sure. Because I'm always looking to send people to good financial planners. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't do that work. So that's not me. So I'm happy to refer out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sweet. Um, let's connect. Let's connect. You can tell me. Okay. Um, all, all right. Thank you. Cool. Thank, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's really helpful, especially if people haven't worked with financial planners before. I think it's really great to have that perspective of, hey, I worked with one, and it was actually kind of a good experience, and they actually cared about the big picture um, and I was I was nervous and I didn't I put it off for a year and here I go and I did it and it was great so I think it's really great for people to have that perspective too because a lot of a lot of people are trying to screw you and make money and other ones are not and they're really trying to help so that sounds fantastic and I'm so glad you had that experience ha huh. wonderful wonderful I have a question yeah um, so thinking about savings and debt. Is it better to pay down the debt at the expense of not being able to save as much, or is it better to put more into your savings and pay down the debt more slowly? I wonder if you said you were like three quarters of the way through my book, if you didn't get to that point yet, or if you're just asking me this question for everyone else. Um, but so there are people that have different philosophies on this, right? So different different people will tell you different things. So it kind of depends on, again, who you want to listen to and also what feels right for you. So what I believe is that you need to find a balance. And the balance happens from the, the, the plan that I just talked about with paying off your debt. You know, when do you want to have it paid off um, versus how much do you or can you pay. And um, I believe that people should always be saving no matter what, even though that is not necessarily the right, you know, it doesn't necessarily make the most sense financially as far as, oh, but you're paying more in interest than you're saving. So it doesn't make financial sense in that regard. Um, but it does make financial sense in that it keeps you out of what I call the stinky cycle of debt. So if you pay off your debt and then you don't have savings, when something comes up that you need money for, you wind up getting into debt again. Um, so I think it's important, if, especially if you've had debt for a long time, to be saving and paying off your debt and doing that in a very balanced and calculated way based on you know, when you want to have your debt paid off, how much you can put towards it, and what I call your snug as a bug number. So I'm not sure if you've got to this yet. It's, it's one of the fun little workouts in the Dominate Your Debt book. Um, the snug as a bug number is basically how much money would you, do you need to feel snug as a bug? How much money do you want to have sitting in, account, in an account that will make you feel secure? And a savings account is different from an investment because yes, okay, it loses a 3% every year due to inflation, blah, blah, blah. But again, we don't care about what makes financial sense. We want what's going to make us sleep at night sense. 
Um, so how much money needs to be sitting in an account for you to feel safe and secure? I think you know, for people who are you know, in the, in, not as close to retirement, a little bit younger, I think the number is probably going to be a little bit bigger, um, whereas people who, that, that, that's not going to have a bug number, um, the people who are closer to retirement, you're kind of set. Like you know what your income is going to be. You're not going to lose your job like, you know, because you're not having one. So I think that number is probably, probably a little bit different. Um, but always, 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 the balance and doing more calculation about what feels right for you, what is going to help you feel safe, secure, and snuggly when you go to sleep at night. Does that answer? I think that's probably even more than you asked for. Does that answer the question? Excellent. Thank you. You're so welcome. Well, that's great because that's what that was my next one. So your BBD is we just talked about debt and then savings was next. So I I always. I say when it comes to savings, you just need to remember your ABCs, always be seeing money in your savings account. ABC, always be seeing money in your savings account. And again, the rubric's a little bit different depending on how close you are to retirement, but I definitely recommend still saving if you're earning money to save consistently. It doesn't matter how much, and if you have debt, to balance them for sure. Um, and then... The investments, um, that's a plan that you don't really work on with me. That's what you work on with your financial planner, um, figuring out you know, how much you can contribute and if you're close to retirement, how much you're going to take out so that the money lasts as long as possible, what kinds of things to invest in, what types of accounts are right for you. Um, there are some scrupulous and there are some unscrupulous advisors out there, so you know, don't necessarily go with the person that your friend's dad recommends because they, yeah, because that's what I did, and I did not enjoy my experience with my first financial planner. So, um, you know, and talk to a few people. Go, you know, especially for women, I'd say go with your gut, like, and and get recommendations and talk to them and make sure that they don't make you feel like an idiot for asking a question. Because if they do, it's not a good person to work with. So, investments at the bottom of the pyramid is actually the most important. Um, <coughs> and read, 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 read and learn, read and learn, so you have. You know, so you sound like you know what you're talking about because you will know what you're talking about. That's going to boost your confidence hugely, hugely. Um, so um, we're getting close to the end of our time, and I just have one more step for you. So before I get to that step, I just want to share, I promised a surprise gift, and here it is. Ready? Yahoo! Um, so if you're digging my vibe and, and all the cool cool things that Liz said about it. Um, if you'd like to get all I have to offer, including really honing in on your goals, support with your budget, hand-holding as you go through your debt most specifically, and creating a plan to knock them out, then I wrote a book. Ah, it's amazing. It's called Dominate Your Debt. And you can order it on Amazon, and it's $30. But because I think Liz is the bee's knees, and I think you guys are awesome, even though I wish that you were all sitting in this room with me now instead of far away on the phone, um, because I think you guys are all the bee's knees, I really want to do something special. So from now until Friday, um, June 24th, you can actually get a signed copy of my book for free. I've actually never done this before, so I'm really excited about it. Um, don't tell anyone. So you can get a signed copy of my book for free if you go to RebeccaEve.com forward slash sign my book. So RebeccaEve, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-E-V-E.com forward slash sign my book, and you use the promo code LizRocks. <laughs> That's the promo code, L-I-Z rocks. Um, that will give you, that will take $30 off the cost of the book in it, so you just have to pay shipping, because I will be paying to ship it to you, so I would ask that you cover the shipping, so it won't take the shipping off, but it will take, give you the book for free. Um, 
and I'll be really excited to sign it and send it to you. So you'll have like a little order form where you can tell me, you know, what you want me to write in it, and I will ship it off. Um, so yay, that's RebeccaEve.com forward slash sign my book, and I'm sure that Liz will also send you guys a link to that if you're interested in making that happen. It's a really beautiful book, right, Liz? It's beautiful. It's it really is pretty. absolutely. Blue. So RebeccaEve.com yep. forward slash sign my book. Yep. Promo code Liz Rocks, and I'm gonna yep. I'm, I'll send that out with the link. Yep, and it's only till Friday, so after that you can still order it, but it would just be the full cost, and you can also of course order it on Amazon if at any point, or tell your friends to order it on Amazon. It's available there. Cool, excellent, thank you. Yay! That was and, a nice surprise. Yes. <laughs> I'm like I just want you to have it. Um, so, and and part of the reason that it's available till Friday is because I'm actually going away, so I want to be able to get them out to you before I leave. <laughs> so, otherwise, get it from Amazon; they'll send it to you. But if you want it for me, like you need to call me by Friday so that I can send it out. Um, so there you go. Okay. So step five is a juicy juicy one, um, and it's and also pretty simple, it's implement. <laughs> none of the plans, none of the goals, none of anything means anything unless you're actually doing it. Um, so consistency is everything here, especially at first if you're kind of new to paying that much attention to your money, uh, it may feel a little bit more weird and arduous, kind of like if you pick up running for the first time or start doing yoga for the first time, like it's, oh, your muscles are sore. So it may feel a little tougher at first, but eventually you'll just get into maintenance mode. Like you'll, it'll just be like brushing your teeth. It just will happen without your having to think about it too much. It's just automatic. Um, so at the beginning where you are deciding where you want to go and understanding where you are now so that you can get to your goals and mapping out how that's going to happen, it's going to take time, not as much as you probably think, um, but once, especially once you get going. But to make it really, really happen, it just takes two things, commitment and support. So your action step for the implementation is just this. It's a really easy one. It is to put a money date in your calendar. So I actually kind of just, I don't even try to dress it up most of the time. I'm just like, it's your admin day. Like, it's just your admin day. This is the day that you're going to deal with your money. And it's going to be once a week for maybe like 30 minutes to an hour, right? So put that money date in your calendar. You're going to have a money date each week, the same day each week, and you just do a little bit, and then you move on. And you start with just listing your bills, the things you pay every month for this month, right? We're not looking at averages. We're looking at what was your electric bill this month? What is your mortgage or rent bill this month? Like, What is your car payment this month? All those things, all those bills, just start with that and actually get the bill, look at it, and put that number. No guesstimating. Put the actual numbers, um, including your minimum payment on any debt that you have, and then just subtract that from what you earn. Note, what, let's note what's left over, and that's what you're spending for this month. That's it. Um, if you don't like the numbers, as my gym teacher in high school used to say, which is really funny that I quote her because I was terrible in gym. It was like the worst grade I ever got was gym class, which is really sad. She always used to say, don't panic, adjust. So if you don't like the numbers, don't panic. Just adjust. You can do whatever you want as long as you are the one driving the train. So in conclusion, numbers need to be systematized. And they need to be paid attention. You need to pay attention to them. You've got to look at them. And you need to be paying attention to them in a way that's right 
for you. So if you're paying attention to them but you still don't really feel confident or powerful about them, then chances are you're not paying attention to them in the way that's right for you. And we need to be in conversation about money. We need to feel more comfortable talking about it and being open about it so that all of this just gets easier and easier and easier. So giving away the easiest money management worksheet ever, that's the thing that's going to help you organize your bills. That's RebeccaEve.com. That's just right on the home page. And then uh, the free copy of Dominate Your Debt, A Work and Playbook, which retails for $30 on Amazon. No cost. I swear to God, you can go look at it. No cost to you except shipping if you buy by Friday using the promo code LizRocks at RebeccaEve.com forward slash sign my book. Um, so you guys are amazing. This has been really fun. I'm like, I don't want it to end. I've tried to find some more things to talk about, but I will stop. Um, so no matter where you are on this journey, um, just please know that my wish for you, no matter where you are, if we never talk again, my wish for you is that you grow more confident about what you want and what you can do to get there. Create a plan and put that plan into action. And let's keep talking. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, I just love what you said about money and power because I really believe that for most people, their money issue isn't really about money. It's about their relationship to their own power. Mm-hmm. So oh, thank you so it. much for <laughs> for bringing this to us in such a clear and an entertaining way. <laughs> We would have had a dance party if we were live. <laughs> I know. I feel like, you know, crank up the tunes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, no problem. Does anyone, I mean, I know we were kind of chatting. It was very open throughout, but does anyone who, does anyone have any questions? Any, especially anyone who hasn't said anything yet, anything I can do for you, anything, anything you need, I'm here. Yeah, you can press star 8 if you have any questions. Now is your time, now is your chance to, to ask Rebecca before we close the call. Bettina, you good? Teresa, you all right? Leanne, you got any questions? Press star 8. You can actually unmute us all, make it maybe more spontaneous. James, any questions? No questions. Yes. All right. Well, this is awesome. If anything comes up, I mean, so one of the things that happens when you sign up for either of the two things that I suggested is that once I have your email address, um, I will invite you to do all kinds of other cool things. And one of the things is to join the community that I have on Facebook um, where we're just having open conversations about all, all things related to money. So. Um, I hope that we'll be able to stay in touch that way and you can reach out anytime with any question about anything and I'm happy because I love this stuff. So I'm always happy to talk about it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Wow, this has been tremendous. Thank you. This is so fun. I'm so happy that we got to do this. You guys are so, you're hot. I'm like, I'm freezing. I can't go outside. This conference room is so cold. I'm like, what is going on? I'm going to 